0: Hello, and welcome to the Sandman's Lullabies. My name is Eric Oswald, and this is episode 7 The Fisherman and His Wife. There was once upon a time a fisherman who lived with his wife in a pigsty close by the sea, and every day he went out fishing, and he fished and he fished. And once he was sitting with his rod, looking at the clear water, and he sat and he sat. Then his line suddenly went down, far down below, and when he drew it up again he brought out a large flounder. Then the flounder said to him, Hark, you fisherman, I pray you, let me live. I am no flounder really, but an enchanted prince. What good will it do to you to kill me? I should not be good to eat. Put me in the water again and let me go. Come, said the fisherman, there is no need for so many words about it. A fish that can talk I should certainly let go anyhow. And with that, he put him back again into the clear water, and the flounder went to the bottom leaving a long streak of blood behind him, and their fisherman got up and went home to his wife and the pigsty. "'Husband,' said the woman, "'have you caught nothing today?' "'No,' said the man, "'I did catch a flounder who said he was an enchanted prince, so I let him go.' "'Did you not wish for anything first? said the woman. "'No,' said the man. "'What should I wish for?' "'Ah,' said the woman. It is surely hard to have to live always in this pigsty which stinks and is so disgusting. You might have wished for a little hut for us. Go back and call him. Tell him we want to have a little hut. He will certainly give us that. Ah, said the man. Why should I go there again? Why, said the woman. You did catch him, and you let him go again. He is sure to do it. Go at once. The man still did not quite like to go, but he did not like to oppose his wife either, and went to the sea. When he got there the sea was all green and yellow and no longer so smooth so he stood still and said flounder flounder in the sea come i pray thee here to me for my wife good ilsebill wills not as i'd have her will then the flounder came swimming to him and said well what does she want then ah said the man i did catch you and my wife says i really ought to have wished for something she does not like to live in a pigsty any longer she would like to have a hut go then said the flounder she has it already when the man went home his wife was no longer in the sty but instead of it there stood a hut and she was sitting on a bench before the door then she took him by the hand and said to him just come inside look now isn't this a great deal better so they went in and there was a small porch and a pretty little parlor and bedroom and a kitchen and pantry with the best of furniture and fitted up with the most beautiful things made of tin and brass whatsoever was wanted And behind the hut there was a small yard with hens and ducks and a little garden with flowers and fruit look said the wife is not that nice yes said the husband and so it shall remain now we will live quite contented we will think about that said the wife with that they ate something and went to bed everything went well for a week or a fortnight and then the woman said hark you husband this hut is far too small for us and the garden and yard are little The flounder might just as well have given us a larger house. I should like to live in a great stone castle. Go to the flounder and tell him to give us a castle. Ah, wife, said the man. The hut is quite good enough. Why should we live in a castle? What, said the woman. Just go there. The flounder can always do that. No, wife, said the man. The flounder has just given us the hut. I do not like to go back so soon. It might make him angry. Go, said the woman. He can do it quite easily and will be glad to do it. Just you go to him. The man's heart grew heavy, and he would not go. He said to himself, It is not right, and yet he went. And when he came to the sea, the water was quite purple and dark blue and gray and thick, and no longer so green and yellow, but it was still quiet, and he stood there and said, Flounder, flounder in the sea, come, I pray thee, here to me, for my wife, good Ilsebil, wills not as I'd have her will. Well, what does she want now? said the flounder. Alas, said the man, half scared. She wants to live in a great stone castle. Go to it then, she is standing before the door," said the flounder. Then the man went away, intending to go home, but when he got there he found a great stone palace, and his wife was just standing on the steps going in. And she took him by the hand and said, Come in. So he went in with her, and in the castle was a great hall paved with marble and many servants who flung wide the doors. And the walls were all bright with beautiful hangings, and in the rooms were chairs and tables of pure gold. And crystal chandeliers hung from the ceiling and all the rooms and bedrooms had carpets and food and wine of the very best were standing on all the tables so that they nearly broke down beneath it behind the house too there was a great courtyard with stables for horses and cows and the very best of carriages there was a magnificent large garden too with the most beautiful flowers and fruit trees and a park quite half a mile long in which there were stags deers and hares and everything that could be desired "'Come,' said the woman, "'isn't that beautiful?' "'Yes, indeed,' said the man. "'Now let it be, and we will live in this beautiful castle and be content.' "'We will consider about that,' said the woman, "'and sleep upon it.' Thereupon they went to bed. Next morning the wife awoke first, and it was just daybreak, and from her bed she saw the beautiful country lying before her. Her husband was still stretching himself, so she poked him in the side with her elbow and said, "'Get up, husband,' and just peep out of the window. "'Look, you. Couldn't we be the king over all that land?' go to the flower, we will be the king. Ah, wife, said the man, why should we be king? I don't want to be king. Well, said the wife, if you won't be king, I will. Go to the flounder, for I will be king. Ah, wife, said the man, why do you want to be king? I do not like to say that to him. Why not, said the woman, go to him this instant, I must be king. So the man went and was quite unhappy because his wife wished to be king. It is not right, it is not right, thought he. He did not wish to go, but yet he went, and when he came to the sea it was quite dark grey, and the water heaved up from below and smelt putrid. Then he went and stood by it and said, Flounder, flounder in the sea, come, I pray thee, here to me. For my wife good Ilsebil wills not as I'd have her will. Well, what does she want now? said the flounder. Alas, said the man, she wants to be king. Go to her, she is king already. So the man went, and when he came to the palace, the castle had become much larger, and had a great tower and magnificent ornaments. And the sentinel was standing before the door, and there were numbers of soldiers with kettle drums and trumpets. And when he went inside the house, everything was of real marble and gold, with velvet covers and great golden tassels. Then the doors of the hall were opened, and there was the court in all its splendor, and his wife was sitting on a high throne of golden diamonds, with a great crown of gold on her head, and a scepter of pure gold and jewels in her hand and on both sides of her stood her maids-in-waiting in a row, each of them always one head shorter than the last. Then he went and stood before her and said, Ah, wife, and now you are king. Yes, said the woman, now I am king. So he stood and looked at her, and when he had looked at her thus for some time, he said, And now that you are king, let all else be. Now we will wish for nothing more. No, husband, said the woman quite anxiously. I find time passes very heavily. I can bear it no longer. Go to the flounder. I am king, but I must be emperor too. Oh, wife, why do you wish to be emperor?" "'Husband,' said she, "'go to the flounder, I will be emperor.' "'Alas, wife,' said the man, "'he cannot make you emperor. I may not say that to the fish. There is only one emperor in the land. An emperor the flounder cannot make you. I assure you, he cannot.' "'What?' said the woman. "'I am the king, and you are nothing but my husband. Will you go this moment? Go at once.' If he can make a king, he can make an emperor. I will be emperor. Go instantly. So he was forced to go. As the man went, however, he was troubled in mind and thought to himself, It will not end well, it will not end well. Emperor is too shameless. The flounder will at last be tired out. With that he reached the sea, and the sea was quite black and thick and began to boil up from below, so that it threw up bubbles, and such a sharp wind blew over that it curdled and the man was afraid. Then he went and stood by it and said, Flounder, flounder, in the sea, come, I pray thee, here to me. For my wife, good Ilsebil, wills not as I'd have her will. Well, what does she want now, said the flounder. Alas, flounder, said he, my wife wants to be emperor. Go to her, said the flounder, she is emperor already. So the man went, and when he got there, the whole palace was made of polished marble, with alabaster figures and golden ornaments, and soldiers were marching before the door, blowing trumpets, and beating cymbals and drums. And in the house, barons and counts and dukes were going about as servants. Then they opened the doors to him, which were of pure gold. And when he entered, there sat his wife on a throne, which was made of one piece of gold, and was quite two miles high. And she wore a great golden crown that was three yards high, and set with diamonds and carbuncles. And in one hand she had the scepter, and in the other the imperial orb. And on both sides of her stood the yeomen of the guard in two rows each being smaller than the one before him, and from the biggest giant who was two miles high to the very smallest dwarf just as big as my little finger, and before it stood a number of princes and dukes. Then the man went and stood among them and said, "'Wife, you are emperor now.' "'Yes,' said she, "'I am now emperor.' Then he stood and looked at her well, and when he had looked at her thus for some time, he said, "'Ah, wife, be content now that you are emperor.' "'Husband,' said she, "'why are you standing there?' Now I am emperor, but I will be pope too. Go to the flounder. Oh, wife, said the man, what will you not wish for? You cannot be pope. There is but one in Christendom. He cannot make you pope. Husband, said she, I will be pope. Go immediately. I must be pope this very day. No, wife, said the man. I do not like to say that to him. That would not do it. It is too much. The flounder can't make you pope. Husband, said she, what nonsense. If he can make an emperor, he can make a pope. Go to him directly i am emperor and you are nothing but my husband will you go at once then he was afraid and went but he was quite faint and shivered and shook and his knees and legs trembled and a high wind blew over the land and the clouds flew and towards evening all grew dark and the leaves fell from the trees and the water rose and roared as if it were boiling and splashed upon the shore and in the distance he saw ships which were firing guns in their sore need pitching and tossing on the waves and yet in the midst of the sky there was still a small patch of blue, though on every side of it it was as red as in a heavy storm. So, full of despair, he went and stood in much fear and said, Flounder, flounder, in the sea, come, I pray thee, here to me. For my wife, good Ilsebil, wills not as it have her will. Well, what does she want now? said the flounder. Alas, said the man, she wants to be pope. Go to her then, said the flounder, she is pope already. So he went, and when he got there, he saw what seemed to be a large church surrounded by palaces. He pushed his way through the crowd. Inside, however, everything was lighted up with thousands and thousands of candles, and his wife was clad in gold, and she was sitting on a much higher throne, and had three great golden crowns on. And round about her there was much ecclesiastical splendor, and on both sides of her was a row of candles, the largest of which was as tall as the very tallest tower, down to the very smallest kitchen candle. And all the emperors and kings were on their knees before her, kissing her shoe. "'Wife,' said the man, and looked attentively at her. "'Are you now pope?' "'Yes,' she said. "'I am pope.' So he stood and looked at her, and it was just as if he was looking at the bright sun. When he had stood looking at her thus for a short time, he said, "'Ah, wife, if you are pope, do let well alone.' But she looked as stiff as a post, and did not move or show any signs of life. Then said he, "'Wife,' Now that you are a pope, be satisfied. You cannot become anything greater now. I will consider about that, said the woman. Thereupon they both went to bed, but she was not satisfied, and greediness let her have no sleep, for she was continually thinking about what there was left for her to be. The man slept well and soundly, for he had run about a great deal during the day. But the woman could not fall asleep at all, and flung herself from one side to the other the whole night through, thinking always what more was left for her to be. But unable to call to mind anything else at length the sun began to rise and when the woman saw the red of dawn she sat up in the bed and looked at it and when through the window she saw the sun thus rising and she said can i not to order the sun and moon to rise husband she said poking him in the ribs with her elbows wake up go to the flounder for i wish to be even as god is the man was still half asleep but he was so horrified that he fell out of bed he thought he must have heard a and rubbed his eyes and said, Wife, what are you saying? Husband, said she, if I cannot order the sun and moon to rise and have to look on and see the sun and moon rising, I can't bear it. I shall not know what it is to have another happy hour unless I can make them rise myself. Then she looked at him so terribly that a shudder ran over him and said, Go at once, I wish to be like unto God. Alas, wife, said the man falling on his knees before her, the flounder cannot do that, he can make an emperor and a pope, I beseech you, go on as you are and be Pope." Then she fell into rage and her hair flew wildly about her head. She tore open her bodice, kicked him with her foot, and screamed, "'I can't stand it, I can't stand it any longer. Will you go this instant?' Then he put on his trousers and ran away like a madman. But outside a great storm was raging and blowing so hard that he could scarcely keep his feet. Houses and trees toppled over, the mountains trembled, rocks rolled into the sea, The sky was pitch black, and it thundered and lightened, and the sea came in with black waves as high as a church towers and mountains, and all with the crests of white foam at the top. Then he cried, but could not hear his own words. Flounder, flounder, in the sea, come, I pray thee, hear to me. For my wife, good Ilsebil, wills not as I'd have her will. Well, what does she want now? said the flounder. Alas, said he, she wants to be like unto God. Go to her, and you will find her again back in the pigsty and there they are still living to this day. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Sandman's Lollapies, and I hope you enjoy your rest.